Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg with this morning. Jason Longshore joining uh, me and sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw and being kind of a DJ, that last song he chose. We'll get into that in just a second. But we top of each hour, we say to you, good morning, Georgia. Good morning. And a good morning to you folks in that city that I am always confused with. Clarkston. Oh, Clarkston. Clarkston's great. Everybody's putting a T in my name. I understand, but Clarkston is great. Um, One of the largest refugee resettlement areas in the country. Golly. You've been saving that one. You want to eat good (sighs) Ethiopian food, you go to Clarkston. Okay. And if you want to see some really good soccer, you go to Clarkston and you watch Clarkston High School. Um, What is their nickname, Eric? You know it. You don't you know Clarkston. Know. No, you, you. this is all you. Oh, I can't think of Clarkston's nickname off the top of my head. But uh, great soccer programs going on over there. And I know a soccer coach there, Abdul Bangura, used to play for the Atlanta Silverbacks, who is a great guy and does great work in the community. So I love Clarkston. Wow. You hit a good one that time. I didn't get into any fights in Clarkston in no. high school. We didn't play Clarkston yeah, in high school. Yeah, if you're just tuning in the other time the we did Angoras, these hours. The that's what their nickname is. Thank you. I knew it was something a little different. But the Clarkston Angoras. Wow. He was waiting for that. I mean, he saved up for that. He was backing up for you a hit run the right start. One. And I had another one. I made the mistake of telling him what the city was during the break. He went, nah, give me one I don't know nothing about. Just random. And he just, you put, Sam would be proud of you with that one. Because that first nugget, say that again. The, he one of the largest refugee resettlement areas in the country. Why is that the case, and how is that the case? It's a long history and a long story, uh, but it is. It's, okay. it's accessible. It's on the Marta line. Uh, Something only an Atlanta native. Yeah. yeah. Able to, you know, you got all these transplants here working at this station, but we got the Atlanta native here, and then we got to get him and uh, uh, Dylan Matthews together because Dylan's a Sandy Creek guy. Let them even talk about fights and stuff. And, Man, and I and like stuff. Dylan. <laughs> I, I, Dylan is our producer for Atlanta United Games. Yeah, I didn't know he was yeah. a Sandy Creek guy. Oh! All right, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. And gentlemen, we might need it. Those of you changes, tuning in, the, the city that I picked in the 8 o'clock hour was Tyrone. As soon as I said Tyrone, Jason had a flashback to high school and said this. Uh, we had a bench-clearing brawl in high school soccer in 95, Eagles Landing in Sandy Creek. I have issues with uh, Tyrone and Sandy Creek, yes. Okay, so now that I've mentioned these other cities, he has said, well, no, I never got in a fight there. That's, yep, that's yep. The Clarkson's reason. good. No fights. <laughs> we had a poll question out that we want to check on real quick. Uh, decided to do uh, just 
kind of latch onto an argument that Sam, Eric, and I had last week in talking about officiating, and I believe, given the bad calls, and they have continued and continued, even with the uh, implementation of replay, they still happen, and that's what makes it even more maddening because we know some of these sports have replay, but yet they're still missing calls, and guys are standing right next to LeBron James, and other guys are smacking him on the arm, and nobody's making calls. So I just surmise that if I were to live 40 more years, would I see a professional team be completely officiated by technology? And we threw it out there earlier in the show, and we gave you the three main ones, and we left hockey out. So baseball, basketball, um, and football, and then other. And of those four, if you had to guess which one of them would be fully, you know, Officiated by technology, and the poll update is Mr. Uh, Slaughter. Well, real quick, before we get to the poll update, how quickly a caller wants to call in, and he's a Clarkston native, and he wanted to comment on your uh, tidbit there. So welcome to the show real quick. The Clarkston native calling in. I think he said his name was Sean. Was it Sean? Sean? Shocker, shocker. Uh, I'm, I'm not from Clarkston. I'm, I'm from DeKalb County, though. Uh, I'm from Rathonia Best. Clarkston had a lot of good athletes coming out of there, man. I'm on yeah. the 90s. I graduated in the mid-90s with the Lucky Triplets, uh, well-known for going to Georgia. Uh, lots of good athletes came out of Christ. Robert O'Neill, Kevin McLeod. Uh, but I worked for DeKalb County, and I was in Christ in a lot. And you guys are right. Some of the best food mm-hmm. is in Christ. No one knows it. No one knows it. No one ever goes to Christ unless you have a purpose. <laughs> but it's right there nestled behind Stone Mountain. And, um, you know, they, they have a lot of issues uh, because of all the uh, lack of resources. But you guys are right. Soccer, number one in, in, in uh, Atlanta Metro, and they have some really good food, man. Love it. Appreciate right. it. Well, thank you, man. And you've been backed up there, Mr. Long. Yeah, man. It, it's spread out a little bit from Clarkson. If you go down Memorial Drive, you know, we talk about Buford Highway and all the great, you know, ethnic restaurants and, and stuff there. Go down Memorial Drive, and you'll hit it, too. It's God, so good. All right. All right, so to our poll question, uh, this is not even a debate, not even a poll anymore. This is a landslide victory. 86% people think baseball will eventually be mm-hmm. completely officiated by technology. That makes sense. Technology. Yeah, it's the one that makes it. There's less subjectivity in baseball than the others when All you're right. talking about the – I got a lot of friends that have gone to the minor league camps, paid their hard money to go to the Juan Stott, School of umpiring, they're gonna be back down here with me in high school, I guess. So, you know, I've been invited. I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'm not going. But if Co- that's the way it goes. <laughs> a couple quick shout outs George Pierre of George Pierre Casting. Y'all don't know who he is, but he is just a name that is going to explode at some point. I've been knowing George for a long time when he was just an extras casting director, but now he is ascending. And he's that guy. And whether it's what I'm talking about, the film industry or television industry, might have been broadcasting for you two guys. There was that person. There has been that person in your life that said something to you in a certain kind of way that parted the clouds that helped you take your profession to that next level. And as far as acting or what I'm doing as a day player, George Pierre was that dude for me. And I ran into him on set yesterday, but uh, I want to give him a quick shout-out, him and his wife, Um, and also uh, Gail Carr. Who was an old friend who ran your? Was it? The, yeah, the, was one of the club? the people who started Terminus Legion, one of the Atlanta United supporters groups. Uh, Gail's great. 
She would. She she would not. She would literally drive off the road right now. She might and, have. If, if I hope hearing not. Hearing me on the radio because we go back to <laughs> that year you got into the fight. I mean, we go back <laughs> that far. But but that you and I are doing a show together because I know that her love for Atlanta United. Yeah, and, yeah. And what is this club was? Is it still going on? Yeah, it's uh. And with Atlanta United, you have six official supporters groups who, when you watch a game. Uh, they're on the one end where the the window is in the stadium. They're on that end, making all the noise, banging the drums. They're yeah. the ones who go to follow the team on the road, drive to Nashville, drive to Charlotte. Uh, the hardcore supporters, the hardcore fans. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out Gail and all y'all to do what you do for Atlanta United. Speaking of them, what would those clubs say? Uh, if they were to have a meeting today and discussing the upcoming season about Atlanta United. Well, I hope they're watching the game tonight. Uh, Atlanta United is in Mexico uh, facing Atlante. Atlanta and Atlante. Uh, it's a second division team in Mexico. So if you, you want to compare it to like baseball, it'd be like AAA. It'd be gotcha. one level below the, the top division. Um, and it's a game that Atlanta United had their first preseason game last week in Chattanooga. Some good things. They scored three goals. Some bad things. They gave up three goals. So some sloppiness at times. It's preseason. That's to be expected. But you want to see how the pieces are coming together tonight. You want to see if some of the individual mistakes are eliminated. But you also want to see chemistry building. Now, the team's still incomplete. We've talked about it this morning. You have Luis Abram, who was just signed as a center back. He's going to come in and compete for a starting spot. You don't have that striker signed yet. All the reports out of... Europe, out of Scotland, out of Greece, on Yorgos Yakamakis, is that it's all but done. It's not done yet. You want to get him in the mix. So it's not fully there yet right now in preseason, but you're looking for progress tonight in the match. It's 8 o'clock. You'll be able to watch it. I think it's going to be on Atlante's Facebook page is where they're going to broadcast it. But I'll blast it out on Twitter at Longshoe once we see where that's going to be. How long, because Sam and I talk about this with the Hawks, mm-hmm. and how long, if you had to guess, and I don't know what the, the yardstick is for this, but you've got, new, you, you've got new players. You have to bring them together. You talked about chemistry. How long does something like that take if you were to guess, um, especially for an MLS team, to sort of start to gel together? You know, it's funny. I, I think we're seeing it kind of with the Hawks right now where now that – they're healthier, which was an issue in the first half of the season, too. So it's harder to build that chemistry and gel if the pieces are changing consistently. Yeah, but to that point. I, I know, but now the second half, right. you're seeing it click. I think it's about the same. So you're saying the first half of the – well, you don't want – because, see, here's the thing. The NBA and what they how they approach the first half of their season, we all know is sort of like with one hand tied behind their back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the season doesn't really get going until Christmas. Yeah, now, it, is that the case? You you don't want to say that about no no. no. What I'm what I'm saying is you can still get wins when you're not fully gelled. Like you can still win games, and, and you're going to have to find ways to do that. But Thiago Almada, for example, coming into the league, it's it when you come into any league, and this is whether you move anywhere in the world, leagues have different characters. If you play in Argentina, that league has a style that is very different than playing in England or playing in France or playing in the United States. They're, they're, the referees call the game different. You know, what's a foul in one place might not be a foul yeah, the here. The cheese element, it comes from yeah, just the culture. Yeah, there's different character. There's different mix. Like, all of that will affect it. So, Yakamakis, Abram, uh, Derek Etienne Jr., who's been in the league but is coming into Atlanta, you've, you've got to get 
some games under your belt. You know, you've got to do it. You can still win games. You can still get results. But for the team to be playing its best, that's going to take some time. Uh, I think Atlanta United's got the talent to find wins early on while they're gelling. And that's the key for Gonzalo Pineda, the manager. That's Jason Longshore. He's sitting in for Sam Crenshaw this morning. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. All right, to continue this. So earlier in the show, we talked about this. I asked you, as you approach this upcoming season, what are some of the holes that need to be filled? The first thing you said is they need a scorer. And I wondered, you know, I, and again, I attribute, I, I attribute everything to what I know about baseball. So is there a free agent out there? Is there somebody in the draft? How do you go about And then you told me something I didn't suspect, that scores are fewer and far between. You get more defensive players the than you ones, will. good ones, the elite ones, yeah. yeah that, that it's not so easy to just go out and get a score, even if you have the funds. Is that correct? Did I hear you correctly? Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, when you look at how you build a team in the league – the one striker that maybe could have been available was Chicho Arango, who we, we talked about with Jonathan Siegel earlier from LAFC, who they were trying to sign to a long-term deal. They couldn't get the terms dealt with with him, so they ended up selling his contract to a team in Mexico, Pachuca. Could he have been available inside the league? I don't know, and we don't know where those conversations could have gone. There wasn't a free agent that would give you what you need inside the league. There are, when you talk soccer, that free agency pool is not limited to one country necessarily. And it's not limited to guys who are out of contract. That's the, the, the component here when we talk about building a roster for Atlanta United where you're looking at players in Scotland, for example. You're looking at players in Spain. You're looking at players in England. You're looking at players in Argentina, in Ecuador. You're looking at 30, 40 different leagues worldwide. Easy. That's where it's very difficult because you can pick a great player in one league. Do they translate to coming to the United States and playing in this league? So it's an exciting thing. It's You learn a lot about different leagues around the world and the way the game's played in different parts of the world, but it's very difficult because of that. Now Atlanta United has a CEO in Garth Lagerway who has been through this for a while. He's built good teams. He's won championships. He's going to work with Carlos Bocanegra and this front office and and continue to build this. You are absolutely the best. This has been great <laughs> this morning. I really I mean like prof, I'm almost like Professor Longshore. When we get this in, is <laughs> into the the NBA, like starting to sign players who are good enough to come from other parts of the world, you're going to see that kind of conversation come in. And the the way basketball's growing, it's not that far away. You're going to see great players coming from other countries. We're going to have. Well, I'm not done with that com- that comment either. More we're going to switch gears. Talk to a guy who uh, works right up the dial here, but he has been out in Vegas, and not for that. So he lost all his money and the music. Anyway, Miles Garrett is going to join us next. He's been out the East West Shrine game. It's Sam and Greg with Jason Longshore this morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Radio 92.9 The Game. It's Sam and Greg with Jason Longshore filling in. This brings up an interesting question for you. Are you looking forward to this year's Super Bowl halftime show as we sit here and listen to Mary Jane? 
involved. Do we know of any special guests beyond Rihanna yet? Because that's always part yeah, of the Super Bowl. I, I haven't time. heard. I've been kind of busy, so I haven't heard if it's been announced. I, I haven't. Or do you heard want to be any surprise? rumors or anything? Well, I like the surprise. I'm, yeah. I'm good with the surprise, but I haven't heard any rumors or anything like that. Yeah, I'm excited about this. One. Who would you like to? Who would you like to see? I mean, you show could up? go anywhere, like. Rihanna has done some some cool stuff in terms of crossovers you wouldn't expect. Uh, I, I saw a performance with Rihanna and, and Bon Jovi on. Uh, Ooh, now that'd be a good one. Yeah, that would like something like that, something unexpected. Like when Bruno Mars brought out, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, that's what I want. Like, it, look, it's hit or miss. It, it can really go badly, but when it hits, that's super cool. And, and that's what a Super Bowl halftime is what you expect. So you Unless you get Prince. To do it, and Prince is the best Super Bowl halftime. Well, I don't a, think anything's beaten that. Well, last year I would say who somebody who who had Prince locked in. Nah, By the way, he's not available this year. I understand. Yeah, um, I had him locked in at the show, but this was what happened last year. Was and by the way, we're efforting Mar- uh, Miles um, Garrett to join us. He was coming back from the East West Shrine game. He was confident that his flight would be. Back in time, you know maybe. how these we travel got, delays well, have been lately. Crazy weather in the country yeah. right now it could be just chain reaction of delays, and so hopefully we'll we'll get miles. But that was a production. See, this always used to drive me crazy when, and this when I was down the dial, so and so concert last night, Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. What did he put on a show or a concert? He put on a concert. Yeah. Okay, that's a concert. It's not a show. A band gets up and plays. I don't care what mm-hmm. kind of pyrotechnics they got going on or video screen and stuff. That's a concert. And God bless them. What you saw at other people's performances was a show. The Jack Michael would put on a show. Janet right. would put on a show. What you yeah. saw last year was a show. And just logistically of getting that stage mm-hmm. together. So um, I, I look at that versus Prince just having Mother Nature rain on him while he sings the most identical identifiable song it's in still his Prince. catalog. Yeah, it is. It's it's like yeah, one That's a whole nother level. Nah, you're right. All right, we got Miles. We got him. Hey, man, listen, thanks for um, wherever you are. By the way, are you back here? Are you in an airport someplace? Or where are you at, Miles? <laughs> yes, we finally we finally made it back. It was a late night. We we had a late flight coming back in from Vegas last night. So uh, it's, it's it's been a long past few days. All right, well, let me properly introduce you. Miles Garrett, Fox 5, joining... Uh, me and Jason Longshore, who's sitting in for Mr. Crenshaw, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. When I initially called you, um, like we regularly do, we want to get your football expertise on what's going on with the playoffs and then, of course, the Super Bowl. And we'll get to that in a second, but unbeknownst to me, I didn't know that you were going out to cover the East-West Shrine game. So let's get a little report from you, man. I'm just going to shut up and tell us what we need to know about what you saw out there and the connection to A, Georgia, B, the Falcons. Yeah, so unfortunately, two of the Georgia players who were out there did not play due to injuries, uh, Kyrus Jackson and Robert Beal. They were there early in the week. Kyrus Jackson spoke to us, and he, he gave some pretty good answers on what it was like to be coached by the Falcons. But that was really the main reason why we were out there, to see the Falcons coaching staff. They were up against the Patriots coaching staff. But it was really interesting. We talked to them about how it's different from scouting the game versus actually coaching the game. Um, Marquise Williams was the one sort of in charge of the whole week. Martha Smith was there supervising some things. But it seemed like they were really paying attention to the offensive and defensive lines. And I know the Falcon fans are, you know, would love to hear something like that. I know they've kind of swung and missed a couple areas on those those draft picks there lately. But that's where it seemed to me that they were having a lot of emphasis this week. 
How much of a benefit is it to a, a pro coaching staff to get that opportunity and, and work with these guys hands-on? Yeah, we talked to Frank Bush, the Falcons linebackers coach, about that. A lot of other coaches gave a similar answer. It's just different in that you get to see what they're doing you know, when they're not on the field. You know, they're coaching them in the film room uh, this week. The, we talked to some receivers who were telling us they were showing them, like, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Drake London film. Like, they were showing them what they would run when they were playing, you know, the type of offenses they would run and tips that they – would teach them that some of the players said that they hadn't been aware of before. So Frank Bush gave a good answer and that you said that you see how some of these guys respond to coaching, really. You see if they take it or you see if maybe they crumble from it. Um, and it, they say it's kind of enlightening because you can kind of see how some prospects react to it in live action instead of, you know, just going from word of mouth from coaches or what you're seeing on film. This has got – and I don't know, I don't follow this and, and know its history, but this has got to be a unique situation where you have this game going on in the same location as the Pro Bowl going on, and you have all those players out there. Was there any sort of cross-connection? Did you bump into some folks that, you know, some, some Pro Bowl players? Believe it or not, I actually did bump into George Kittle. But uh, as far as this <laughs> event was concerned all week, it seems like it's, it's a very in-and-out process as far as the East-West Shrine game and – the Pro Bowl. In fact, as soon as the East-West Shrine Bowl was over, we had a live shot on the on the field, and they with within 30 minutes of that game ending, they were moving the field, moving media off the field to put in the Pro Bowl stuff on that, you know, on the stadium, on the field, everything out there. So it, it seemed like they were trying to move the East-West Shrine game as quick as possible so they could start doing stuff for that. That was about when our when we were kicked off the field and sent back home. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure maybe there was a couple players who stopped by, for especially with Patriots and Falcons. Chris Lindstrom came out there a couple days ago. Miles Garrett, Fox 5, joining Sam and Greg here. Jason Longshore this morning, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Jason's out, excuse me, um, Miles is out in Las Vegas. Actually, he's back home now, but he was watching the uh, East-West Shrine game. I want to ask you, because I talked to um, Jason about this throughout the show, as we've got his expertise, obviously he's following Atlanta United and, He's the soccer expert around here. And what should fans look for, realistically, as Atlanta United starts this upcoming season? I ask you the same thing, given what we have, in, what they have in front of us, whether it's this game, the draft, whatever. What are some of the holes you'd like to see the Falcons address in preparing for this next season? Yeah, in preparing for this next season, I think it's something that every Falcons fan you know, wants. It seems like every single season this team – has had, I mean, at least with the Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot regime, that the last two years there was noticeable improvement. It seemed like this year that the team bought into what Arthur Smith was saying. You saw what he was doing with his rushing offense. You finally see it come to fruition a little bit with as far as what this team's identity is. I think this next season is huge because there needs to be, A, a winning season, and B, playoff contention because of what this team has to work with in free agency, the cap space. They have the second-most cap space in the NFL. So with all that being said, the team has been restricted for so long with who they can get and bring into the building that this year needs to be a huge prove-it season for Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot because, I mean, look at the NFC South. It's it's so weak right now with, with Tampa, with Carolina, and, um, you know, just uh, I'm blanking on the other team, the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, it's, it's okay if I forget. We about like that. to blank on the Saints. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, with just how weak every other team in this division is, the opportunity has never been bigger for the Atlanta Falcons the last few seasons, and they can really take advantage of it this year. 
I think they need to really build up the trenches, and I think we're going to see that this offseason and as far as the influx of talent they're going to get, just like I said, due to the cap space they have. With all that cap space, you know, it's, it's, there's a couple different routes you can take. You can go with a big swing and a miss after a superstar, or you can go with a lot of different players to, to solve needs. Which way do you think the Falcons lean in this offseason? Yeah, it's tough to tell because the Falcons keep things so close to the chest mm-hmm. when it comes to what you think they're going to do. You know, when we talk to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith, um, it, it's it's hard because it seemed like last season the whole Deshaun Watson thing came out of nowhere, uh, just as far as what their plans were and the money they had to spend. So I think that idea made a lot of Falcons fans think, and, and analysts as well, wonder if, you know, if a guy like Lamar Jackson right. is available, then why wouldn't they try to take a swing and a miss at a, a player like that? But given the circumstances and given the money that they have and areas that they can improve and what they've seen from Desmond Ritter, I think that they use it more just to, you know, get some other guys that they need that they haven't had in a long time. It just seems like the last few years they've been waiting to have all this money to spend to build up and bring in the type of players Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot want for what they're building. They seem like they have a type of player that they look for. And I see them doing that. But again, the whole Deshaun Watson thing last year, I think, threw everyone for a loop because just no one expected it. So I think if they were going for a guy like Deshaun, why would they not go for a guy like Lamar? And I will say, it seems like the Falcons have been very careful as far as how they word what they like about Desmond Ritter. They say that they like Desmond a lot, but they have not officially come out and said that you know he is our guy going forward. So yeah, perhaps not, that could be telling. Perhaps it couldn't. You're not going to start. Know. You're not going to start playing free agency with a quarterback position right now because what? Who are you going to go after Aaron Rodgers? No, no. You're not no. going to go after. I mean, but, what big name out there? But Lamar Jackson. If 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 it's me, dude, you and you get an opportunity to go for a superstar, that's the only one that I would go after. That's the one that you can't when you want, when you have Arthur Smith and his type of offense. That's that's, that's the, the, the pro, that's the one outlier you could say of all the quarterbacks in the league who is not going to work in an Arthur Smith run offense, and that would be the guy you'd pick, even though you'd want him, but they'd have to start all over again. Miles, how adaptable do you think Arthur Smith would be in that kind of situation if if you are? in a position to add one of the most talented quarterbacks going right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Arthur Smith's going to come out and say, you know, no, I won't take one of the right. better quarterbacks in the league to, to run my offense, especially when you've got a young core that is present in this offense, guys like Drake London, Pitts, Algier, Cordell Patterson, not young, but, you know, they have an identity on offense that they can kind of bounce off of. Uh, that being said, you know, if – Lamar Jackson or a guy like that comes in, I'm sure there's a reason. Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith have been very collaborative. They use that word a lot, at least when I was talking to them this week, as far as how they approach players, prospects, free agents. So whatever they're doing, they have an idea and a bigger plan for it. At least that's what I assume and the vibe that they seem to be giving off. So um, I I joke around with a lot of Falcons fans. I wouldn't actually be surprised if, they end up signing a guy like Ryan Tannehill just because he knows Arthur Smith's offense <laughs> right. and just getting a veteran in there to, to compete with Desmond. Yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, you ain't going to find a bigger Lamar Jackson fan. I would, the, the, the junior year or sophomore year, I was sitting here telling Sam, this dude's going to win the Heisman. <laughs> and then the next year, he should have won it again. And so right. I've been a big fan of his, but I know that you know you, we have watched what Baltimore had to do mm-hmm. to create an yeah. offense around him. And I have to ask myself this, is Arthur Smith – 
ready to do that? And is he that guy who has the staff around him? Because I've only seen this happen twice. You had a coach who was so identifiable with some with, with one type of team, one type of offense, and then he pivoted because you never thought it would happen. One was Don Shula when he got this guy named Marino, and he was yeah. that three yards in a cloud of dust quarterback, I mean a coach. And the other was Dick Vermeil when he went yeah. from that type of Eagles offense to what he got with the uh, greatest show on turf. Other than that, great coaches that have had success from changing, making that pivot – I don't know. A little bit with Joe Joe Gibbs because he had three different quarterbacks who won Super Bowls. Yeah. But anyway, Miles, listen, we are not done with you. We're going to check in after uh, maybe during Super Bowl Sunday and get your thoughts since we didn't get the pick this week. But listen, great job out there at the East-West Shrine game, and thank you as always for coming on and being with us. Yeah, Greg, sorry for being a little late this morning. appreciate it. That's quite <laughs> Thanks, all right. Thanks, Miles. Quite all right. Uh, Jason and I are going to wrap things up, tell you about a couple things going on at Atlanta United that you should know. It's Sam and Greg with Mr. Jason Longshore this morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 Game.com. It's Sam and Greg, but this morning, Jason Longshore, who didn't go see this guy last night. I didn't. And feeling a certain kind of way. I kind of wish I had. Why? Well, Greg, because it's Bruce, right? Yeah, I mean, because I mean, he's one of the best all time. I don't mind not seeing him now for two reasons. One is he's 70-whatever, and he, don't like, he ain't got the big man with him. Yeah, so you're not yeah, that him. that does change it. That absolutely does. Without Clarence involved, it does change things. This kid's still playing with him, right? Clarence's yes, kid? I believe so. Yeah, I mean that's cool. Yeah, but it, I'm not jumping over, you know, small cars. To Again, go see we him. start getting into the cost of some of those kinds of concerts. Yeah, it's out of my range. I I don't I don't have that kind of scratch. So is the dude from the Sopranos still with him? Oh man, please. Yeah, Steve Van Zandt. That's okay. he's like it's like saying is Joe Perry still with Aerosmith or or, uh, or they did Keith kinda, Richards? They did kind of split there for a minute. They all split for a little bit, yeah. they, and they go listen. When you got that, what do they call it? Something money? Yeah. When you get an attitude towards somebody else, you just walk away for a while. Aerosmith had some some brawls back in the day. Well, everybody was doing all oh, kinds of drugs. Well, yeah. Steven just that. got out and he still couldn't get it together. Yeah, but that's true. Air, listen, Aerosmith, Van Halen, Zeppelin. I'm sure there was some some issues within the E Street band. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, of course, you know there was. But bands like you know, listen, the bigger you get, the deeper your pockets full of money. These things happen. We've heard the story. What did we talk Look. about earlier? Talking about Fleetwood. Mac. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Biggie was right. Mo money, mo problems. Come on. Yeah. So that that's, you know, God bless them though. They 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 have. Provide, are you, were you surprised that he sold his catalog? That's what I wanted to ask you. You said two things that I had forgotten to say, Jason, during this show. Okay. That we'll was, clean it up here. Okay. So, uh, Bruce selling his catalog? Yes. I mean, and now everybody's doing it. Yeah, that's the thing. Is it, It's a different industry than it used to be. Like, you wouldn't have even thought about that or entertained the idea of it a decade ago. But now? I thought it was low. He got like five hundred million, didn't he? I thought that. I thought I, that I don't even know how low. to set a market on it. Yeah, See, that's the I thing. mean, five hundred mil. Hang on a second. This dude has been making music since the early seventies. So and for, much and, material, and he is the top. He is you know top of the food chain. 
You can debate on who's, you know, who your favorite is, but you can't put many people ahead of Bruce Springsteen no, in their cat- that in that catalog. category. Uh-uh. Okay? And for him to only get in today's dollars. We got baseball players making more than that, right? We got Over athletes. 30 years they making yeah, that. This <laughs> is a one lump they're gonna sum use that, for they're the use, catalog. Pardon? I mean, it's it's a lump sum for the catalog. For the catalog. I'll pick one song. How many movies and TV shows and commercials are going to use Born in the USA in this country from here moving forward? For sure. I mean, it'll be a lot. But once you get to a point where, I mean, how much has he made? And he's going to go out and tour and still make more on top of the 500 mil. I mean, he's fine. And this cleans it up, makes it a whole lot easier going forward. You know, like you don't have to worry about do I want to put it to this movie? Do I want to put it to that movie? And that's well, normally he'd just say no to put it to him. Some to put would, it to a project. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, like I'm a I'm a huge REM fan, so like I couldn't see REM doing this because they've been so selective about letting people use their music. They said no to Microsoft when when Windows, I think it was '99, like that big thing, and they ended up using "Start Me Up." By the Stones, mm-hmm. yeah, I forgot. About Microsoft that. wanted "It's the End of the World," right, and offered REM and a ridiculous amount of money at that time. Probably not as much as it would be now. And REM said, "No, nope, we're not going to do it. We don't want our music to be used that way." So there's going to be some who will say no to those kinds of offers. And then Michael said, "I'm open. Who wants the Beatles music?" <laughs> Everybody came. Yeah. And, and McCartney almost walked into traffic when, uh-huh. Nike, when, when Nike bought Revolver. Yep. A revolution. That's what it was. Keeping your publishing such a big, important thing in music. Hey, I want to get you on something else, switching gears. Yeah. You said, um, as we've talked Atlanta uh, United Trucks. I've said a lot of things. Oh, so well, it actually, could be dangerous. I don't know if we have time to get into this other one, because I want to get to something that I saw having to do with Atlanta United. I got okay. you here, and something on the 18th, February 18th. Does that date sound familiar to you? There's oh, the block party. Thank you, the block yes. party. There, there's a bunch of stuff coming up in preseason um, that's that's cool for for fans. And that week, honestly, because you start with the Wednesday before that. The Wednesday before that, the 15th, that's the American Family Insurance Cup. Uh, last home preseason game facing Toluca from Mexico. Okay. The new kits, the new uniforms are going to be unveiled that night. So that's super cool. Mike and I will be doing the TV call uh, with Peachtree TV for that. Right. Game will be simulcast on Star 94 that night. So that's the last home preseason game. Then the 18th is the block party at Underground, which is always a good right. time. That's you what I was going to bring up. Talked about supporters groups earlier. You can meet all the different supporters groups, hang out with them, learn the chants, all that kind of stuff. And then on the 22nd, in the same area, Wild Leap, the new Wild Leap location, Centennial Yards, uh, myself, John Nelson uh, from Georgia Public Broadcasting, we do soccer down here. We have a, a town hall with the Flood Project and Wild Leap with Garth Lagerway. So the new CEO of Atlanta United, you can come out and meet him and ask some questions of Mr. Lagerway. So that's going to be a fun week getting ready for the opener on the 25th. Look at you, man. All, all show long, this is what this dude has been doing. Just educating me as you get yourself situated over there. <laughs> he's he's on, uh, Eric. Uh, hello, Eric. His mic is on. There you go. Thank you very there much. There we go. Yeah, no, I feel like every time I listen to Jason, I'm I, it's just a fountain of information. So. It is. Sometimes it, it gets a little rambly. <laughs> I apologize, but it's fun. He has been in all morning for Sam. We have been educated up and down, not only about what Atlanta United needs and what they're doing and the, the hurdles in front of them to get those particular players, but also the league itself. 
and, and how it's it's operating right now, perception. I mean, you've covered a lot of things for those of us who are just joining us. Now, Jason is going to be back with Sam on President's Day, mm-hmm. the 20th, um, yeah. and then that next weekend. Yeah, on the day days. of the opener. So that's going to be a busy day for me. Uh, be here in the morning. We'll get everybody ready early on for Atlanta United, and then pregame show starts at 7 o'clock. We got the dopey millennials coming in next year. Have you heard? I like the dopey. You millennials. like the dopey millennials? Okay, careful, <laughs> Caleb. I want to bring you in on a com- on on our poll question today, okay. which you will probably get right away, because of um, a conversation that we had last week on this show. We started talking about officiating and the craziness that we have seen these missed calls and all of that. So I speculated that were I to live forty more years, would I see a professional team be fully? officiated with technology between now and the next 40 years will there be a professional sport baseball basketball football or other meaning like soccer or or another sport hockey Mm -hmm. hockey so we put that poll question out there there was i don't know if you heard the (laughs) landslide winner but who do you think i say no to any of them yeah i don't think there's going to be a single league completely officiated by by technology okay were there one though who would you choose of those three or another sport if, that we may not have even mentioned? Um, I, I would think tennis, right? Well, it's got parsley, just like everything else got yeah. some of it. You know, we got but replay, but we tennis don't have might it be the most at this point. Yeah, we think is. so. Cyclops, because don't you? There's no I'm, moving parts. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not up on on tennis right now, but isn't everything on the line yes. being called by technology? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. that's. I can't think of the cam that they have. It's for called that. Cyclops. Okay. Or at least, okay. Well, it might be a new name for it. Sure. But that's the right. traditional. Yeah, that that, that's the one that like sticks out to me. Like if it was really going to happen, but I feel like, and maybe you guys had this conversation. Uh, I feel like people do enjoy the human element of officiating more than they actually realize because everyone right. wants them to get it right. When but. you say everybody, you guys are all forgetting the people. <laughs> Garrett's back there, too. He's <laughs> chiming at the bit. Garrett, come on in here. No, there's also one other thing. It's the, just the subjectivity of the sport, too. Like, you, yeah. you think of the, the my, spirit of the law or the of, of whatever rule. Soccer, especially, is one of those sports. Football is one Basketball. of those sports. Basketball. It's the spirit of the rule, not always just the specific rule itself. Like, baseball, they're going to come in with, the, with these pitch clocks, and the, and the, the hitter is going to have a certain amount of time. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid that we have uh, Juan Soto, who, who's, who's batting uh, cleanup at the bottom of the ninth inning, two outs, bases loaded. Uh, oh, it's two strikes. Right. Oh, oh, wait, you didn't step in the, in the like, you're a second late. All right, ball game. Ah, okay, I get what you're saying. Heaven forbid that happens. So it will. There is a su- certain human element that's involved in sports. So, no, I, I, don't, I don't like the idea. I mean, if you have replay, you have the technology, use it. But I think football we've seen – them strive a little too closely to perfection, and I, I think that's kind of it's losing the the spirit of the rules itself. I so, worry about that I for am. soccer. All you- I, I worry that you get more, and, and basketball would be the same thing because I think both of them have so much subjectivity in what's a foul, what's not a foul, and you have to feel the game that I don't want to see replay call everything. I do want to see replay get the big decisions right, and and whether it's like the LeBron play at the end or a penalty in soccer. I want to see replay used the right way. 
I think baseball could benefit from more technology. That's doing the one it the that right won, way. Caleb. It was baseball. Yeah. And again, the he strike keeps, zone is what he I keeps keep using back replay. To. I'm saying use it for balls and strikes and so on and so forth. But here's the reason I brought this up and the reason I think there's a possibility it could happen. And it may be 40 years down the road because we have all watched the power of the gambling dollar. Yeah. Push the door open and be a part of sports. Whereas before, they didn't want to like change planes in Vegas. And I think that the people who you have said that would enjoy the human element, you are excluding the gamblers. <laughs> and those are the ones who are walking into traffic, shooting their TVs, and having a real problem with those missed calls. And that's where I think that as, as it progresses, at some point down the road, there will be some sort of monetary way that they can show that if you become fully run by technology, we will gamble more or we will this or we will that. And that voice will be the reason why it's it's pushed through. Maybe that's why I don't want it because I, I have not particularly loved how gambling's overtaken uh, some sports and, mm-hmm. and how that has become the focus of a lot of things. Um that, that's just me personally. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's kind of one of those but we're things. Here where, the, we're right there. Yeah. We're, we're watching well, the transition. I, I think I see, like, the, when I talk about the human element, too, of, of officiating things like that, I also think of when it comes to, um, you know, take it to all star voting and all of the different elements of, like, in college football, like, we had the computer programs who were, who were deciding, you know, who was playing oh, in the yes. national championship. Oh. And, and we always were like, no, the computer's got it wrong. And so what happens when we have technology doing things, and, and we've seen it in the minor leagues of baseball, where even, even the cameras are sometimes getting balls and strikes yep. wrong uh, because of how they've been calibrated and that sort of thing. So it's not going to totally fix things. I, I do like the incorporation of it, but uh, not, not a total takeover because that's, you know, we, we, we watch sports because they're unpredictable and, and exciting and we don't know the ending. Uh, and so – Making it too perfect, I think, would, would it's going to take some of that away. Answer this question. When we were putting this show together earlier, Jason made a statement. He said that hockey is more popular around the world than baseball. Huh, okay. In number of countries sure. is where I'm at. Like, if you look at, like, a World Cup of hockey, and I know they've, they've played around with that in the Olympics, bringing hockey back in with the NHL, you have more countries that yeah. can be competitive. Yeah. Baseball... Again, you, you don't have any. It's, you don't have anything. Okay. Like in sheer like numbers in terms of just quantity of people because mm-hmm. of the United States and Japan. Yeah, well, that's what I was. Go- I was yeah. just when you said that, I was thinking, well, there, there's really two countries that participate. It's you've got Japan the Caribbean, and, and you've got and, like and Venezuela, and, yeah. and there's there's some other pockets. I'd love to see it grow more. Same with basketball. I, I'd love to see the international aspect of it grow more because coming from where I come from with soccer. The World Cup is everything. And to see that in a hockey, in a basketball, and eventually in baseball, where it's not just a spring training thing, it'd be really exciting. I had to think about it when he first said it. But, you know, the more I think about it, yeah, maybe he's right. we got to have this guy back. What do you think, Caleb? Absolutely. Well, Greg, I want to ask you before we get out sure. of here, because I know we're about to turn things over to us. But uh, did I hear you say when we came in, when you guys came into the, to the break, that you regret not having gone to see Bruce Springsteen? No, I didn't say I regretted it. He said okay. he regretted it. I regretted oh. it this time. I've seen him before, but oh, I would have loved to okay. have seen this one, too. Well, no. okay. it, it just it got my Did brain Did you guys thinking. hear who I was with yesterday? Forget Bruce Spring. I was with Ann Viv. <laughs> okay? Man, I was the, with Ann Viv and, 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 and her husband, who, by the way, I asked these two guys who was one of the coolest dudes in the 70s. And <laughs> y'all said, okay, Fonzie and Vinny. Venus Flytrap, WKRP. 
That was Tim Reed. Okay. Anyway, anyway, they're married. He's the director of this project. So okay. I got to see the both of them. And I didn't know who they were right away. <laughs> I know. Listen, they I'm already dopey you. millennials. Oh, I mean, come on. <laughs> that's true. Hey, that's right. They're up next. Uh, Caleb and uh, Garrett. And listen, Jason, I can't thank you enough. I hope you had fun today because I did. It, it I was a good time. working with you. Eric, thank you for everything. And uh, Sam and I will be back tomorrow morning, 6 to 10. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.